A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax. And think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, it's Claire. Before today's episode, some breaking news. Mummy Clinic has been shortlisted for Best Business Show at the Lovey Podcast Awards. To win, we need your vote. If you can spare 30 seconds to vote for us, I'll be forever in your debt. Just type this link into your phone or browser. ft.com slash podcast award. That's ft.com slash podcast award. And hurry, the deadline is Thursday 21st of October. Now, back to today's show. Last week, I spoke to a 24-year-old recent graduate who was feeling pretty upset by a recent bit of news. So, yeah, it's not great news at all, and I'm definitely not happy about it. Ola, like many of us, was up in arms after reading in the Financial Times that the UK government is considering raising the income threshold at which graduates have to start repaying student loans. So it's going to affect me quite a lot, I'm not going to lie, um, especially when I'm already not on a high salary as it is, let alone, you know, I'm now having to contribute more national insurance and potentially more um, of my graduate loan repayment. Covid reduced the student experience to Zoom in your room. Many graduates like Ola have lost thousands of pounds in unrefundable accommodation costs. And of course, this doesn't mean they owe any less to the student loans company. And now... The salary level that you need to hit before you start repaying your student debts could be lowered, sweeping Ola and millions of graduates into early repayment. I feel like a lot of us young adults just don't know where to put their money at the moment. Like, I feel like we're being stretched every which way on a salary that's already diminished because of the amount of taxes we already have to pay. Um, So, yeah, it's just hard. Ola is certainly not the only person feeling angered by this potential change to the student loans rules. Later in the episode, I'll be speaking to none other than Martin Lewis. Yes, THE Martin Lewis. He is the money-saving expert and, frankly, the nearest thing we have to a financial rock star. You'll be glad to hear he's lining up to fight this financial battle on your behalf. If this is retrospective, then for me it's a breach of natural justice and it's certainly something I would be yelling about. Should students be scared? Yes. Welcome to Money Clinic, the weekly podcast from the Financial Times about personal finance and investing. I'm Claire Barrett, the FT's consumer editor. In this episode of Money Clinic, we're going to explore the politics behind the move to change the student loans threshold, how much this could potentially cost you, and what listeners can do to take a stand. Now, back to Ola. My name is Ola. 
I'm 24 years old and I am a recent graduate from the University of Birmingham. So I graduated last year in the middle of a pandemic. Um, And yeah, I'm someone with a lot of student debt. I'd imagine most of your most of your third year would have been taught over Zoom. Yeah. So a lot of Zoom calls. um, My exams got cancelled. All of my plans post-uni got cancelled as well. So it was kind of like a crazy time. Despite not even going in for her final year of uni, Ola still had to fork out for tuition fees and rent. I had to pay my rent during that time that we weren't living at uni, which again was, I think, maybe four or five hundred pounds a month, including bills. So I was paying that whilst living at home. Out of pocket and fresh into the working world, Ola has moved back in with her mum in East London, where she's working in the events industry and trying to save up enough money to move out. Now, Ola is more than just a bit money savvy. Alongside her day job, she runs her own personal finance blog and Instagram account called All Things Money. Yet even somebody as clued up as Ola didn't know before taking out her student loan that the terms of her repayment could be changed in retrospect. We're not taught about this at school. We're not taught about this uni. Um, I mean, like I said, I did a business management degree and I still wasn't taught any of this at all. So it's nearly a guessing game on how we're meant to actually navigate this kind of thing we call life. (laughs) All right, time for a little student loans lesson from me. The loan system is actually more akin to a graduate tax. Students in England only start paying back their loans when they earn more than £27,275. That's the repayment threshold we were just talking about. When you earn more than that, you pay back 9% of anything you earn above that threshold, not 9% of your entire paycheck. But let's put some numbers around this. Say you have a salary of £30,000 a year. A 9% slice of your earnings above that £27,000 threshold would be £250 a year, or break it down, about £20 a month. But the FT has reported that the government is considering plans to lower the threshold, perhaps to £23,000. That means the 9% tax would be charged on a much bigger proportion of your paycheck. For somebody on a salary of 30000 they'd repay £630, a jump of nearly £400 a year. And break it down, that £20 monthly repayment would soar to nearly £53. How much debt, student debt, are you left with now? Around like £65,000. <laughs> 65 gosh. Yeah. How does it feel psychologically to be carrying a debt of that size? Um, At the moment... It isn't a huge financial burden just because I haven't met that threshold of where I have to pay it back. If the threshold is lowered, then Ola would have to start making repayments. For me, it comes as a kick in the teeth, considering, you know, we've just had news of a national insurance hike, which affects young adults and graduates. Us graduates have now been informed that we now have the potential lowering of the threshold. So, I mean, it's a double whammy in the space of a month. Because of the way the student loan system works, Ola is likely to be paying what's effectively a higher rate of tax for 30 years until her debts are written off. Realistically, I know, unless I become like a big time millionaire in the next few years, um, I won't ever pay off that full loan. Um, That's just fact. What would she like to ask the experts? So one of the questions I wanted to ask is, 
why are they picking on us graduates? <laughs> I feel like obviously after the pandemic has taken place, I'm obviously not surprised that obviously taxes will have to increase, but why have they not opted to increase income tax, for example, rather than just hitting the people that have student loans? And another question I have is, why aren't we taught in school or university how the repayment process actually works? And, you know, if anyone is listening and doesn't actually know how the repayment works, would you be able to kind of impart your knowledge and wisdom on that? And also, can the government legally change the student loan repayment threshold retrospectively and affect graduates like me, especially as I wasn't aware of this before I took out my student loan? Money-saving expert Martin Lewis will be sharing his wisdom with Ola and listeners shortly. But first, let's get the news on what's likely to happen. Here's Bethan, one of the FT reporters who broke the story about the potential change to student loan repayments. So my name is Bethan Staten. I'm a policy reporter at the FT. So I mostly cover education and issues more broadly that affect young people. In September, Bethan's front page story reported that the government is planning to cut the level at which graduates start to repay their student loans, from just over £27,000 at the moment to around £23,000 in the future. Now, the government hasn't confirmed or denied the story, but Bethan thinks there could be an official announcement in the budget at the end of October. Let's just get to the heart of this story. Why does the government want to make these changes? What is it about the current system of paying for university education that isn't adding up? Yeah, so basically in in England, the coalition government introduced higher tuition fees back in 2012. And the thinking behind that was that more of the cost of higher education would be borne by the individual. At the time, the government, I think, estimated that about 30% of loans wouldn't be paid back. But the amount that the government is now taking a hit for is much more than expected. And it really wants to to reduce that. It estimates that lowering the threshold could result in savings of perhaps £2 billion a year if it was lowered to £23,000. Encouraging more school leavers to opt for cheaper, further education, vocational or technical training instead would save the government money and get young people into jobs faster. But, as Bethan points out... If the government makes it more difficult for young people to go to university and then fails to provide alternative options in further education, it will have a real problem on its hands. Bethan says any decision to lower the repayment threshold would be problematic on two levels. The first is obvious. The first For most is obvious. graduates who started university after 2012, this basically means that there is more of your salary which will just disappear before it even reaches your bank account. If you've already started repaying your student loan, these changes would cost you around £400 a year on top of what you're repaying now. Graduates like Ola are concerned that these changes could coincide with a rise in national insurance payments, which kick in from next April. So how could this all add up? For graduates earning £30,000 per year, the combination of higher student loan repayments and the extra national insurance charges would wipe around £74 from a monthly payslip. Graduate workers earning 40000 a year would be worse off by around £64 per month, 
and for those earning 50,000, the difference would be nearly £75 per month. And don't forget, the vast majority of graduates will never repay their loans in full, so they stand to pay this higher rate of tax, month in, month out, for 30 years from their graduation date. Secondly, Bethan worries about the long-term consequences. So the problem with a policy like this that puts financial obstacles in the way of going to university um, is that you end up kind of entrenching the inequalities that exist in access to higher education. You end up seeing post-18 routes being dictated much more by your background um, and the wealth of your parents rather than what you want to do or or your abilities. Mm, So much for levelling up. (laughs) Exactly. If all of this is making you feel angry, you're not alone. I asked Bethan about the huge reaction to this FT story, which was followed up by pretty much every UK news organisation and even ended up trending on Twitter. The impact was, yeah, really massive and it's generated a lot of of kind of outrage, basically. I've taken a couple um, of some of the most striking comments from the piece, people saying that, you know, the UK is a massive Ponzi scheme Britain's now a gerontocracy, a contract between the old for the old. And it's also attracted a lot of attention from young people who obviously are pretty furious about the prospect of having more money taken away on top of all the other sort of disadvantages that you might have as someone who's a recent graduate struggling to get on the property ladder, perhaps usually renting, um, disproportionately affected by um, stagnating wages and so on. You might think such a reaction would cause the government to think twice before changing the terms of the student loan contract. Bethan's not so sure. Senior Tories have privately told us that part of the policy making around this is kind of motivated to a certain extent by the fact that young people don't vote Tory, but particularly young graduates don't vote Tory. So, you know, it's not going to be much of a loss politically for the party anyway. I mean, in your personal opinion, if the government did make these changes and did apply them retrospectively, what do you think the reaction would be? I think it would be pretty furious. Um, Back in um, kind of 2010 as well, we saw huge protests around the decision to increase tuition fees to 9,000, which I think actually surprised everyone. I think there's probably a bit of a habit perhaps among policymakers to kind of underrate how angry young people could get about these kind of proposals. If it sounds like I'm angry, I am. I have been contacted by so many listeners about this story on Instagram, on Twitter, who feel that shaking up the student loan system would just be deeply unfair. And people are anxious to know how any changes could affect their finances. Someone who shares my anger is Martin Lewis, founder of Money Saving Expert, who has pretty much the equivalent of a PhD in explaining how student loans actually work. For Martin, if this change does end up applying to all students, even ones who started university as far back as 2012, this would be an injustice. Because crucially, what we don't know yet is whether the government is looking at doing this for new students or it's going to make a retrospective change where it's going to do something no company 
no lender would be allowed, something that if the student loan was governed by the financial regulator, the Financial Conduct Authority, it would strike out without even looking at, which is to retrospectively change the terms of what is called a loan. And that, for me, would be a breach of natural justice. Should students be scared? Yes. The bad news is there's nothing to stop the government from making a retrospective change if they wanted to. This doesn't have to go through Parliament. If it had to go through Parliament, this would be a much easier thing to fight. This can be done by delegated legislation from a minister. I asked in the past, I said the right thing to do in student loans is lock the terms and conditions into statute so that the only way to change it would be a vote in Parliament. Now, I knew that they wouldn't want to do that. So my secondary suggestion underneath it would be to communicate what bits of the student loan system are fixed and what bits are variable. But the government and what it has done, this government and previous governments, is it's just never wanted to discuss this in a transparent and open manner. And had it done so, then actually changes would be easier because people would understand it. This is not the first time loan terms have been altered. Previously, the government increased the amount you needed to earn before repayment started and applied that change retrospectively to all graduates. Does that set a precedent for further changes? Mm. It's an argument that doesn't wash with Martin. There are lots of lenders out there who, if they decided to charge you less interest, are not going to find the regulator coming down on them like a ton of bricks. But they would if they'd breached their promise on the amount of interest that they charged. So I don't think that that argument is very fair. So, assuming these changes will apply to everyone, how much could this cost graduates like Ola? So if we cut the threshold from £27,000 to £23,000, it's a bit like starting people paying tax at a lower level. 9% of the difference, 9% of 4000 is 360 quid a year. So you would suggest that people would be paying £360 a year, more than they are doing right now, and they will continue to do that, in most cases, for the full 30 years. So you're talking an increase of £12,000. £12,000 is a lot of money, and that's assuming a future government doesn't extend the repayment term beyond 30 years, which is yet another rule that could be changed in the future. But Martin has spotted another unfairness within the system. Because of the interest charged on student loans, around 80% of graduates will never repay the full amount within 30 years. Only the highest earning graduates, with starting salaries above £45,000 or more, can hope to clear all of their debts. But they stand to be handed an advantage if these changes were made. Now let's take a look at that top end, the top end earners, the 20% who will repay in full in the 30 years before it wipes. For them, the fact that decreasing the threshold means they're repaying more quickly, means they will in fact pay less interest because they won't have the loan for as long. Within the cohort of university leavers, this is a very substantially regressive move, costing those at the lower end, benefiting those at the higher end. None of this sounds fair. What's more, Martin thinks we need to change the language we use to talk about student debt. It's time to get rid of the name student loans and call it what it is, which is a graduate contribution system. When you call it a student loan and you have a student loan contract, 
from the student loans company. Well, in other loans, you can't change the terms retrospectively. And therefore, it is unfair to expect students and graduates to have worked out that the system is completely misnamed, completely miscommunicated, and they've signed up to something that's fundamentally different to, to what they thought they did. Can you hear the exasperation in my voice? I can. Thank goodness. You are a man that the government listens to when it comes to student loans. You've been involved in lots of previous consultations. Claire, I am a man governments have listened to. That's not quite the same as saying I am a man the current government listens to. I'm not quite sure why there seems to be a change, but in some respects, I do feel there has been. For graduates like Ola, who have racked up frankly scary amounts of student debt, Martin says focusing on the amount is not the answer. The cost of student loans is not about the level of debt for most people. In fact, the level of debt is pretty irrelevant once you go over a certain amount. The cost of student loans is how much you repay above the threshold, how long you repay it for, and that's based on your earnings. So what they're doing here while it doesn't sound a big change, is a fundamental kick at the amount of repayments that most university leavers will make. With national insurance increasing next year and the cost of living rising fast, Martin and I both worry about the negative impact this could have on people's finances. I worry that with the amount of financial burden being placed on early career workers, they might start to look at the money going out for auto-enrolment into the company pension scheme and think, well, actually, I'd rather opt out of that and have the money in my bank account, which would be another disaster. Oh, I mean, Claire, that, that, that's uh, one form of financial disaster, but the, the, the spread of this is so much wider than this. I mean, you could even argue there's a risk to the nation's fertility because if people are shedding out so much money in early days, people tend to put off when they want to start a family and delay that to a later point. Uh, And and delaying to a later point can impact people's fertility uh, and then for costs on the NHS. There are so many knock-on issues on the back of doing this. And the biggest worry of all, that bright students from non-wealthy backgrounds will be put off from going to university altogether. So much for levelling up. I think it is, is a real tragedy for our young people who are going to come out of university having been told that was the right thing for them and feel an even bigger burden than they had before. So, what can people actually do to fight against any changes? Ultimately, what this will need is a lot of voices saying this isn't fair. I mean, student voices would be very good to support a campaign against this, but actually this is a Conservative government and one would presume that it's middle-class Britain and middle Britain and parents and grandparents who would need to object to this. There are many, many others out there who feel this is an absolute breach of natural justice, as I keep calling it. Um, And so, who knows? My fingers are still crossed that by making enough noise in advance that we we try and draw that line of delineation between changing the system going forward and retrospectively changing it. I know this is something that affects so many of you and I'm eager to hear your views as this story develops. So drop me a DM on Instagram or Twitter. My handle is at Claire B or email us money at ft.com. So what does Ola make of what the experts have to say? Ola, a lot to listen to there from our experts, but what did you make of what they said? And the fact that we got Martin to talk to you. I know, Martin, hello. Um, The absolute money-saving guru, honestly crazy. But yeah, I mean, 
I'm not going to lie. I love what Martin called it. It is a breach of natural justice. Like, it is unfair. And how did you feel about Martin's analysis of what these changes could mean? I mean, in his summation was this will be costing those at the lower end and benefiting those at the higher end because they'll pay their loans back quicker. And again, this is the exact same with the national insurance hike. It always seems to, at the moment, benefit the people that are slightly higher earners. So, I mean, £360 a year more, like you mentioned, is a lot. And I know some people might think, oh, yeah, well, you could easily pay that off in one, one month if you wanted to. But like you rightly said, Claire, a lot of us young adults don't have much disposable income as it is. So, you know, some people may look to, you know, reduce how much they're paying for their um their pension contributions because they can't afford these extra additional payments coming out of their pay. Do you think it should be called a student loan? No. In two reasons why, because I think the fact that it's called a student loan, one, puts off a lot of young adults wanting to go to uni because they see it as a loan, like they see credit card debt or, you know, payday loans. So I think, one, yes, it should be changed to that. And also because of how the repayment work so like martin mentioned it isn't really a loan it is basically a contribution back to the tax man because it is technically a graduate tax now you heard my colleague at the ft bethan talking there about the potential political motivations behind these changes how do you feel in general about the government's attitude to to young people to young graduates it's kind of like they just don't care i think they think we've got this magic pot of money that we can just kind of you know pay all these extra outgoings at the moment I don't have that kind of money especially when you know I'm trying to save move out my mum's house eventually get on the property ladder which is already a hard enough task it just seems like it's just a really really steep hill to climb at the moment so it's a bit of a struggle really I'm not going to lie I'm pretty sure a lot of other young adults are feeling the same way so Ola how do you feel after coming on Money Clinic, do you think you'll take further action to campaign against these changes, assuming they happen? Definitely feel motivated to get behind, you know, a campaign, especially if someone like Martin Lewis is backing us. Um, I definitely feel like the voice is in our hand. This conversation has definitely opened my eyes to, you know, like Martin said, we should be scared as young adults and I'm not going to let that change happen without a fight. That's it for Money Clinic this week, and we hope you like what you've heard. If you did, spread the word and leave us a review. And if you would like to chat with me on a future episode of the show, get in touch. You can email us, our address is money at ft.com, or DM me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at Claire B. Money Clinic was produced and edited in London by Persis Love. Our sound engineer is Breen Turner, and the original music is by Metaphor Music. And finally, the Money Clinic podcast is a general discussion around financial topics and does not constitute an investment recommendation or individual financial advice. For that, you'll need to find an independent financial advisor. That's the small print over and done with. See you back here soon. Goodbye. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.